The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hello, world. What separated your deep ball from everybody else? My deep ball, it has a little secret sauce to it, man. <laughs> I never get too high, never get too low, but just keep moving. The, the whole story is Carlos never beat me in any kind of sports in, in, in high school. Welcome to the Orange is the New Black podcast. I'm your host, Ace Boogie, joined by my co-host, Zim Huda. Zim, say what's up. What's up? Hello, world. How y'all doing? It is a great day to be great. I know you're probably thinking, like, what the hell is he talking about? We just got our ass whooped last night. But I don't know. I just feel good about the future still. Nothing changed, win or loss. I feel the exact same way. Glad that you guys are joining us tonight. Glad the ace is ready to go. Let's get this thing popping. What's going on? So, obviously, the Bengals kind of got blown out yesterday um, to the Steelers. There was a lot of stuff that went on. Um I guess then what were your thoughts just on that game? A lot of thoughts. My initial thought was uh, early in the game, 
you know, there are so many different mistakes and I, and I preach to everybody that they're not at the level where they have so much talent that they, they can make a lot of mistakes or they have a coaching staff that's on some genius level stuff that can get them out of holes. Like I watched the full Patriots and Ravens game last night and Belichick is just the smartest coach coaching football right now. And in one week, he will transform his team into a powerhouse running attack. And Cam Newton only throws 15 times. Like, you don't have a coach like that. And I've been preaching that the whole entire season. So, you can you win with Zach Taylor? That, that's all I I'm, I'm a futurist by nature. So, I'm thinking, what is the next move? Because if this guy is now, you know, like we're, we're almost into the, we don't have that many games left, I guess, in the second part of this season. To, to judge Zach Taylor and midway through the game, like I just was thinking about the future. I mean, the, the holes that they put themselves early in the game, it's just too much. They couldn't get out of that with a really good team. You probably could have got out of that if you did that next week against the Redskins or something like that. The way Alex Smith was throwing it, though, who knows? I don't know. But they put themselves in a big hole. Uh, uh, Erickson fumbles the football. I immediately think, okay, so Erickson's making mistakes. Mike Thomas hasn't had a catch in two, three weeks, but no John Ross. And I understand he was injured, and maybe they were going to try to play him at corner, I'm told, or, or wide receiver, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> but if the trade-off is a guy that's fair catching at a 90% rate, a guy that is supposed to be shorthanded but fumbles the, the first punt, the, the defense uh, gets the Steelers three and out, punt the ball, he fumbles, gives the ball right back to him, right? I don't remember in any of my John Ross, like that's the craziest part about this. In anything that you could point me to that John Ross did to hurt the team that y'all feel so strong about, like get him out of here after the guy scores seven touchdowns in one season, right? I don't remember an instance where he immediately just fumbled a football at the beginning of a football game, gave it to the opposition, and gave him points like right off the break. He's made mistakes, I'm sure. And I'm not saying Alex Erickson hasn't done enough good stuff. But to warrant not playing this guy week after week because you're not smart enough to figure out a way to get him on the field is beyond me. And anybody that's still sitting there rooting against John Ross is silly to me. Like, you're hurting your team. And that was my initial thoughts. Coming into that, after that, after the T. Higgins fumble, the game is over. Like, to me. To me. And, and I just immediately start uh, thinking it was over. But let me tell you, let me just run off a couple stats. Uh, the Bengals gave the Steelers six possessions in the first quarter. They've given six to eight possessions in the last three games total for the opposition, right? So how could you – it's just a mathematical mathematical equation. How the hell could you win a football game when you're giving an opposition just more chances to score than you? It's a miracle they didn't get 40-something put on them. Uh, the Bengals didn't get a first down into the third drive. The Bengals was zero for 13 on third down. The number one reason why I said Joe Burrow coming into this year or Lamar Jackson will work with the Bengals or all of these different things I come up with is predicated on Andy Dalton was able to be successful on third down. If you're only 13 on third down, all I needed was a guy to move the chains. If Burrow isn't going to be successful on third down, and this is not anything about Burrow, but there, you know, you can't win that football game. They punted nine times in the game and the Steelers are 26 and seven with Ben Roethlisberger. That's, that's, I mean, I could point to certain plays, but that, that was my overall thought on the game. No, I think, uh, I think you hit the nail on the head when you said that those turnovers early in the game pretty much changed the momentum. And when you come into a game and you go into 
a place like Hinesfield and you're playing a team like the Steelers, they're a team that's hot and cold, right? When they're on, they're really on. When they're off, they're off. And when the Bengals didn't take advantage of that first three and out that the defense forced and Erickson had that fumble, that literally like helped the Steelers in that regard. And then you talk about after that, the Bengals defense does this thing again. Um, they did pretty a pretty good job, you know, holding them to certain points, but a lot of turnovers, like you said, the T. Higgins fumble, those were just things that you can't have happen in those games because that's a team in Pittsburgh that can take advantage of it. And when they are running cold or when you are starting to slow them down, you can't turn the ball back over and give them a jolt right back into the game. You're talking about a situation where they were at their own 20-yard line. The Bengals stopped them. Erickson fumbles literally right inside the Bengals' territory. Like, you're just giving up points off rip. The other thing was it just – I don't want to just harbor it on coaching because I think it was a combination of coaching and personnel – with us having such dire needs at the corner position, like Mike Tomlin was just smart and was just like, I'm going to go five wide the entire game, and I'm just going to keep picking on your corners that are not good. And that's all they really did. And that's why, like, when we had the Cincy Jungle roundtable, that's why I said I wasn't worried about the pass rush. I was worried about their wide receivers because I knew that Darius Phillips was down. I didn't even know that it was to that extent that Winston Rose wasn't going to play I just knew, like, no no Darius Phillips I already knew that that meant that we were going to have issues because I already knew that Chase Claypool could do what he did. I talked about Deontay Johnson. I talked about uh, James Washington. So I talked about Ebron. So those were the guys that I was really worried about. But you also had another smart thing, and we always talk about situational football. This is something that the Bengals – aren't really good at. Tomlin had the situational awareness to know, and I think if anyone's played football before, it's not even a super genius thing, but have windy conditions like that. Generally what happens is the team tries to take the ball immediately and go um, with the win, not against the win. So the Bengals were already in a situation where they had a disadvantage at that standpoint and just everything just kept spiraling and spiraling. The only thing that I would have liked to have seen, and the only reason I say that is because I did some research on uh, the free agents that we acquired in the offseason. The one thing that I thought should have happened is that they should have put Von Bell at corner. Like when McKenzie, especially when McKenzie Alexander went out of the game, they should have put him at the slot corner. They should have brought Sean Williams in at the safety. That's just my my thoughts on it because New Orleans used to do that with Von Bell a lot. They used to rotate him between cornerback and the slot and uh, safety. And, you know, I was just thinking, you know, common sense is you have this, you have a issue at the corner position where you're lacking depth. You have a ton of depth at safety, but you're just not going to play Sean Williams. So that, that kind of made me upset. Um, the offensive line played well, honestly, even though they gave up four sacks, I think uh, in the first half, that was the thing that stuck out the most to me. I think on defense, the defensive linemen, we're definitely getting pressure to Ben. They just couldn't finish before uh, he got rid of the ball. And, I mean, that's that's Big Ben. That's what he does. He evades people and evades the pressure. At one point, it seemed to me like the Bengals' pass rush was actually looking better than the Steelers' pass rush until T.J. Watt ended up getting those two sacks. But when he got those sacks, it was when it mattered. And, again, we talk about situational football. Using that timeout, there were, there were points where I felt like they should have snapped the ball um, and taking a spike and that's neither here nor there but you know they didn't do that 
and then they took the timeout, and then after the timeout, that's when they gave up the sack, and it just leads to them not being able to get points. Uh, so we'll have to see what happens there. Someone just said something that, did you hear about A.B.? I'm not sure what's going on with A.B. right now. Um, so A.B. was caught, well, they, they, it's alleged two weeks before he signed with the Bucks that he had another incident where he got angry and broke cameras and did some other crazy stuff. So Yeah, I mean, that's just another day in the life of A.B. I mean. <laughs> one, one, one thing that came out of this thing, too, is, uh, now, I thought somebody was going to say this, DeAndre Baker, right? Yeah, that so, would be a good pickup. That would be a great he, pickup. He's, he's, so if you guys are listening to this and we have Trey Waynes or we're waiting for Trey Waynes or to come back or whatever, DeAndre Baker, I'm just going to come out and say it. DeAndre Baker is better than Trey Waynes in my eyes. Like a right. better like better all-around corner. Uh, Trey Waynes and him arguably be, arguably like equally as good at tackling. But the reason I bring that up is because Paul Shorts of New York Post said that there are four teams interested in DeAndre Baker. The Chiefs, the 49ers, the Jaguars, and guess who? The Bengals. Yeah, I would I would definitely love to bring that guy in. I mean, it is just bad. I you you can't even really get mad at Troy Brown because what was that guy supposed to do? And the other guy, number 37, I didn't even know who that was. Jalen Davis. Hard Bengals fans. I had to do a Google search on him because I had no idea who that was. I was like, that cannot be Chris Lewis Harris. Uh so you know, those things happen. Uh, for me, it just really put things in perspective. What I wanted to happen in this game, I I did go on record and say that I thought that the Bengals could win this game. Let's not get it twisted. Uh, but what I wanted to see was just some effort. Even if they did lose, right, I knew that there was always a standpoint where the Steelers could really wreck this game and break it open. I just wanted to see the Bengals fight, and I did not see that. You know, I, I think that they what put if, up what some – about the fake punt? I mean, that's in garbage time. Like, I mean, that's cool and all, but like right, we're talking about we're talking about like the week before, right? The Dallas Cowboys with their third string quarterback gave a way better fight than the Bengals did. We talk about before that the Eagles, uh, with you know, they're also depleted in terms of their starters and stuff like that on both sides of the ball. They put up a better fight. Like to me, that was just a blowout. Like it was I, just a blowout, plain and simple. I dis, I dis, I wouldn't disagree with you on the fight of the Bengals. I think throughout the game they came out flat. I think a lot of players came out, and I know me firsthand talking to players, even the cornerback room. Uh, I talked to a guy on the team throughout the week, and he said, um, "It's not regular, but because our whole room is in COVID protocol, all of our meetings are online." They were without their secondary coach, I believe, the linebacker coach, and another in the wide receiver coach as well. And the player that I'm talking about, like, alluded to me, like, you know, I could tell he felt a little nervous about it. Like, we don't have any, you know, whatever. They, they, I'm not using that as an excuse. This is just a factual thing. Mm-hmm. Steelers were relatively healthy. They had most of their people. They had three guys that were affected from the COVID thing. We had staff members, and we had a lot of players that weren't. So to compare it, I watched the Cowboys game in full. Steelers made a lot of mistakes in that game. The Cowboys were able to run really well on them. We were able to run really well on them. If you're going to talk about coaching and scheme, I we thought – We barely like, ran, though. We barely ran. That so was that, another issue. But they ran for like 150 yards, like on a low. Like, I don't know. But, man, I mean, a, lot, a couple that was garbage time or whatever, the average six mm-hmm. yards to carry, and I think they abandoned the run early. I just think Dallas played better, and they had some big things happen in that game that went in their favor. Mm-hmm. And then later in the game, 
Steelers come back and they win the game and they probably shouldn't have, but had the had it been the like if you would have watched the mistakes that the Steelers had early in that game, had that happened to us in the inverse of that last night, I think the Bengals might have whooped their butt. Like I don't know, but we'll, we'll never know. But I don't think that was like a lack there of effort. I just think the Steelers came out super flat against the Cowboys, and we came out super flat and and put ourselves in a really big hole in that game. And I and I don't think they had a really good solid game plan for it. And I don't know if that has something to do with COVID, but. It just yeah, wasn't I mean, a good plan. I mean, we, we can look at the box score and say they had 150 yards, but everybody knows in the first half they barely ran the ball. I think I but at, then you then you think they, they had, had like a little success? Yards. Don't you think they had a little success? Like none of those runs were, yeah, were, were when they tough. when they finally started running the ball, yeah. But like that took until it took a while for them to like they had 140 yards. They didn't run the ball like that. They, they didn't did. run the ball like that. Like, they did, but when but when they did, they did, they they had. Yeah, I mean, twenty two of it is Travion Williams in garbage time. Like I was watching that. Like the Steelers wasn't really guarding him at that point. Like I think the Samaj P Ryan run was probably the biggest one, uh, but they just abandoned the run. Like he wasn't. And I mean, it's it's not bad that they ended with that. You just would have hoped that when it was windy and when those conditions were like that, that they would have actually use that especially when you're throwing into the into the wind but i mean to me it just they just haven't and i said that too like they don't really like running the ball and like i feel like that's a zach taylor thing i don't think he wants to run the ball but you have to realize that this is the afc north you can't not run the ball or be committed to the run game in the afc north and i understand what he's trying to do because the steelers had a really strong run defense and they were susceptible in the secondary outside of minka fitzpatrick but I just feel like on those first drives, they should have ran the ball a lot more than they really did. Right. Yeah, I agree. They should have ran more. I, I thought that they, they in between the tackles, not directly in the middle of the field, I thought they looked okay. But they just, like mm. you're saying, they abandoned the, the run game. But I think it's partially because the old Mike Tyson thing is like, everybody has a plan until you get punched in the mouth. You go down 12 right. nothing, and then you have a successful drive, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, like that was the time to start running the football, but then I, it, it's just so it's so like I, I had pinpoint plays that I was gonna like kind of you know like even the drive before the half like the Redmond penalty to get them out of field goal position like by the time you come yeah. back third quarter yeah. as a fan like this is what I talk about weekly is that if we were to come down and play and do what we do and that is throw the football right. And given the conditions, I understand that. But had it gone that way, I don't think anybody would have questioned it. If it was like a competitive shootout like I wanted it to be, I don't think anybody would have sat there and said, okay, well, why they why they ain't th- running the ball? If Joe Burrow's cooking them up, as we've seen in, in the weeks past, like in the Browns game that they came back, Joe Burrow goes crazy in the game. He goes crazy in, in the Colts game early in that game. You know, like in all of those games, I was thinking they should still run the ball and sustain mm-hmm. some of these drives. <clears throat> One of my keys to the game, like early in the game, was like you have to keep the Steelers off the field. By giving them more possessions, it's just no way you could win that game. And that would be what running the football. But I feel like that almost like every week. But how we won the game, I think, against the Titans and stuff, was like throwing the football a lot more than the average team. And it just didn't work. So now when you lose, everything's under a microscope. There are plays in the Titans game. I didn't want to be a Debbie Downer, but there were a lot of plays in that game that I wanted to point out and say, 
you know, like whatever, but everybody's feeling really mm -hmm. good. So I'm like, why would I come in here and just, you know, I don't know. But yeah, I think for me, like it wasn't that I see the Bengals as like a running team per se. It's just given the stipulation, given the win, right? Like right. In, against Tennessee, there wasn't like anything hurting the passing game, right? Like trying to throw into the win to me just was not smart. So it's like, unless you want to keep having three and outs, at least try to do something on the ground and try to at least try to get a first down or something that way. And in those stipulations where you're throwing into the win and the Steelers have the advantage, the reason that the Steelers didn't have to do it is because the win was behind them. So like they could just pretty much do it. But there was someone that did show. Now, it's hard to say, right, because we don't know during the time from the first quarter to the second quarter at first the first quarter the winds were at whatever miles per hour that they were we don't know what the miles per hours were right and so then like that's why it was so important for the Bengals to try to score at the end of that first quarter because they were going to get um the ball back and be going with the win right now i don't know like there's somebody that already pointed that out because some people were trying to say oh it was the win and stuff like that and i think someone showed big big ben throwing into the win and by that point, he wasn't having any issues. But we don't know what the miles per hour of the wind was. And it's crazy right. that we're breaking down weather like we're on a weather channel. Uh, but it's just one thing that you weren't expecting, right? Like, not only do you not have your corners in the game, Mackenzie Alexander, like everything that could go wrong went wrong. Mackenzie Alexander gets hurt. You lose the, the coin toss. I, I hope you lost the coin toss because if he deferred to the Steelers to give them the choice which direction to kick in. I hope that wasn't the case. I'm assuming that the Steelers won that coin toss. So you had everything going against you, and then you stack on top of that the fumbles and stuff like that. I'm not going to say that they didn't try, but it just was a disappointing, like, output, like, from all standards. Like, when I just look at it, it's just, like, the only thing that I can say, like I said, I was proud of the offensive line, even though they gave up the four sacks. That was more so inspiring, <laughs> inspiring moments. Right. Um, you seen you the know, grades today? Like I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this early mm -hmm. in the season and even in the Ravens game, mm -hmm. they look terrible, right? Last mm -hmm. night, I don't. There were a lot of instances where I will point out, and I do this in my live. I'll say, "Oh, good pocket." There were a lot of instances. Joe Burrow is doing a lot to give himself some extra time. They were coming. Mm -hmm. Like I felt like they held their own, right? But but it it wasn't good enough to beat them. No, like. Oh, like at home because they're not like he got knocked. He had, I think he had 12 or 13 knocked. Like, does it? Does, I know I, I, if I ask you that or I ask anybody listening to this right now, or if you're in the live, does it feel like he was pressured 22 times and 12 knockdowns? I think in the second half, I started like, to notice it. Like in the second half, I felt like in the first half, I felt like they were good until JJ Watt had like those two back to back. Um, sacks when it really counted but from what I saw because I was waiting for it to happen and I was looking at it and I was just like all right they're holding their own and then it was like when uh, I keep saying JJ Watt TJ Watt got those two sacks that's when it was like oh man and then in the second half that's when it just after the Bud Dupree hit and Joe was limping it was just like get him out of there it, at that point it was just like wow but see, um, I you see what they did though, and 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 I think this is what uh, if this is my philosophy. If I'm like Joe Burrow said after the after the game, I'm not a quitter. Uh, I think Lance McAllister and a lot of other people that I saw on Twitter were killing Zach Taylor, saying get him out of the game. I've been preaching this thing that they should just run forty like against a team like that. Just run, 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 and if you lose, I think a lot of people will be mad. 
But I think that's it's almost the same as benching him. They just started running real, real heavy, like towards the end of the game, where you get some of those runs at the end of the game. And to me, you're you're letting Joe Burrow or letting Travion Williams or letting the team get some reps against these guys uh, with Joe Burrow, and you don't have to take them out of the field, and you kind of take them out of harm's way against running. That's what I would do as a coach. Like me taking them out the, off the field sends a message that, in my mind, that. Y'all pussy and y'all don't want to see us. And the Steelers, like immediately after the game, they said uh, the, the guy Steve Nelson says Joe Burrow's trash. So then not only are you taking them off the field because they're like, oh, we y'all scared to get them hurt. Like you're giving them more fuel and you're you're feeding more into it. No, keep keep my guy in there. We're going to line it up and I don't care what y'all do. Y'all not going to hit him and we're going to send him at if it get ugly, it get ugly. In my yeah. office, in, in my in my office line, like we, if somebody right. wants to jump on them or do something later dirty, then we will respond, and that's the right. message that I would have sent to the team. I don't know if that's the message that they're getting, but that's my philosophy on why you keep them in. So going back to what I said, remember I said that the Bengals didn't run the ball on those first drives. The very first drive that they had that they punted on, they did not run the ball one time. The second one, they ran the ball. No, they did. Wait, they ran the ball one time. On first down, they ended up playing the third possession. They went out again. They ran the ball once on first down. The next play, the next possession after that, they fumbled. They ran the ball with Samaj P. Ryan one time. And is it is then, it the first this is the first half? Yeah, this is the first half because I remember like they were not running the ball like at all. I and then after that, so this is the thing: the drive that they scored on, they ran that was when they started running the ball. So my so, JP Ryan, so like in my mind, that's what I'm saying. Like when they did run the football, I think we. I don't, I don't know if you're catching this, but I'm agreeing with you. They right. should have ran the football. I think everybody in here is saying they should have ran the football. I'm just saying that the times that they did, it wasn't like. There were a bunch of times. Did y'all see when the Steelers would run the football? Like what their run game looked like? Yeah, we were their at, run game wasn't they, looking they, were, they might have had 12 oh, yards going into like the third quarter or something like that. When they were going to run the football, we were in the backfield. I'm just saying that the run plays that the Bengals did have, it was three point, three point something yards a carry. Oh, here's a six yard carry. Oh, Geo, here's 11 yards. Like there was. Yeah, they pattern. got. They got was, one. The first one that they got with Piron was a 14-yarder. Right. There was success. And I know that the numbers might not look good, like them running the football, because the, the lack thereof, they should have ran the football. Right. But I, I'm just saying that when they did, it seemed like they had pretty good success. So for me to say that, oh, they didn't do good job running the football, I don't think we'll ever know because they didn't run the football. And they should have. You know what I'm saying? Like, And I don't know if that's part of the offensive line stuff that they weren't. I, I felt like they they felt good about Adenji and uh, pass blocking, and they really feel mm -hmm. good about Spain and pass blocking. But I don't think mm -hmm. they feel as strong as them in run blocking situations. Maybe that has something to do with it. I'm not sure. Right, right, yeah. I I don't think me personally. I'm I'm just gonna say I don't think that Zach really likes to run the ball like that. We'll see. Uh, but I think that he prefers to kind of try to throw and stuff like that. It just wasn't and, and, an ideal situation. Another good like, thing, and I'm though, like that too. And I'm like that too. I'm 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 Mr. Air it out. Like mm -hmm. I grew up on Warren Moon in a running shoot. Like that was right. my favorite quarterback. So I'm all for right. throwing the football. But you have to run the football in order to throw the football. 
Yeah, to me, it's not even just about, like you said, it's also about using the run to set up the pass. But the most important thing is the time of possession, right? Because when you throw in three incomplete passes, then you're giving the ball right back. Right. Like you talked about, you talked about we gave the Steelers so many possessions. It's because we didn't try to run the ball and take that that time off of the clock. So it just really played into their hands. But I'm not going to stop talking about the negative stuff. Positive stuff, T. Higgins is a stud. I mean, that's pretty obvious. Uh, he did his thing out there. The other negative thing is AJ and Burrow still don't seem like they're on the same page. AJ doesn't seem like I thought um, we were that all connection biased. is. Yeah, that's why I wanted to say that because I didn't want people to try to say that I was being biased or anything. Yeah, but back to the positive stuff. Um, T Higgins, Tyler Boyd had some plays here and there uh, as well. Too. That was the crazy one. And uh, like I said, the offensive line in moments definitely. Um, seemed to play pretty solid. The defense played solid at certain moments. Uh, but uh, that's pretty much – I mean, obviously, Jesse Bates, he did drop the pick six. Uh, one thing that Zim talks about and that I'm going to harp on as well is I saw a lot of people talking about the um, the lack of calls and stuff like that. I'm with Zim on this. Like, I don't feel like those calls changed the game. I'm sorry. Like, even though there were some some bad calls that you could say, the Tyler Boyd catch definitely was a catch – that wasn't a, a, a game changing kind of like play to me. Like that's not going to change the trajectory of where the game was with the Bengals at that point in time. Right. Um, so I don't think that it's something as easy as if the Bengals get these three calls, they win the game. I, I did not feel like that at all. At one point when people were saying that in the live stream, I actually had the penalties like counted up and it was five penalties for the Bengals and three penalties for the Steelers. So like at that point, it was pretty even. I mean, if you're playing on the road against someone, you're not going to get all the calls. Typically the home team gets the calls. Now that's not to say that the refs aren't bad. That Tyler Boyd catch was a catch. Uh, but, you know, the Steelers had some calls against them too. And I saw some stuff. There was actually that, that one fumble, play. That fumble was big to me there, though. That, that was a big was, moment. There was the, one play the though. Former, the there was former. one play though where our offensive lineman had their dude in a in a headlock, literally like holding them, and they did not call it at all. So there's certain stuff that didn't get called at all. Now you say the fumble. Which one are you? Which one are the, you talking about? The Steelers fumble that they went in. Oh uh, yeah, they, yeah. They, blew, they blew it dead way early. Yeah, they blew it dead. That was definitely a fumble. Yeah, I I, I agree with that. That was one. a game changer right there it, to me. I felt like that yeah. was. A, when did that happen I, I, though? What was what was the point spread at that point? I think it was 21-7. Yeah, I, I think somebody correct me if I'm wrong. The the Bud Dupree hit on the sideline, like uh, Joe Burrow said after the you know the yeah, game, that like, be you know, that like be you gotta call that, but it doesn't change the outcome. I will say this: it could have changed the outcome because for the rest of the game, he was hobbled and he twisted his ankle in the sense of they should have called that and you know, nothing happened, no, nothing off of it. The, the, I thought that Steelers fumble one. The biggest, the biggest series to me is the one I'm telling you, it's, it's hold on, hold on. I'm a, I wrote a note for it. It was, I'm going to tell you the biggest series, the, the biggest part of this shit. I just had it pulled up. Uh, all right. Turning point. Uh, we were down 19-7. Bengals inside the Pittsburgh territory. It's second and two. And, uh, uh, and, and, and they get a first down, but it gets wiped out by a penalty. Now it's second and 12, and then Redman gives up, uh, gets caught in a uh, in a twist, and it gets a sack, and now they're out of uh, field goal position and everything. That To me, that was the big – like, you want to talk about them not playing – like, maybe not playing as hard as they should. 
if that drive is successful or whatever, like the Steelers did not want no, they don't well, want that. They didn't want that type of matchup. And <laughs> what tells me that they didn't want that yeah. type of matchup? You could tell me about their wide receivers. You could tell me all about all of that shit. Mm-hmm. The Bengals defense did what it had to do early in that game. If the if the Steelers was so lit, if they was lit like how we were rolling on all cylinders, every chance that the Titans gave us the week prior, touchdown, 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 right? The Bengals defense held them, then it came back and only let them get three, two different uh, possessions right there in their thing. We gave them six possessions in the first quarter, and yeah. they didn't do nothing. And I'm going to tell you, it's the same thing every week. The lack of pass rush makes it so impossible to do anything. And I know it looked better, but it only looked better because you gave them 50 snaps opposed to 20 snaps. So if you have 50 snaps, then it's going to be 12 more, 15 more reps at the same percentage of win rate for Carl Lawson to get there or whatever, right? If you give him that many possessions, that's four more different times that he's going to have an opportunity to look good going against the pass rush. You just had – you had – gave him so many possessions. If they're so lit, if they're so lit, the Kansas City Chiefs would have put 50 on our head. Like, they're, I mean, not, yeah. they're not that I great. Like that. And, 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 and it had four drops. And it had four drops in that first half. The, the right. issue was the offense, for sure. In the issue that was game. the offense, yeah. They, the I mean, they put up – but I don't the defense did their thing. They gave up 12 points in the first quarter, but they probably should have put up like 21. So they stopped them with holding them to three and stuff like that. And part of that, too, like we said, was from the fumble. How many, they ba- put how, up many 10. how many sacks did the Bengals have? How many sacks? I don't remember them getting one. Zero. You know what I'm saying? I don't like them getting one. But I mean, honestly, you make them, you make them look good. Like, like get, that, get that fat old man off his platform and get him moving. Get him doing some stuff. Like I, I think the I'll issue the was game. Demarcus Lawrence I, gave him fits, bro. Like, go look at that. Yeah, game. yeah. But they had better corners. Like all Ben was doing was like looking at Tony Brown and just going right there. So like. I agree with you. We definitely need to improve the pass rush, but the secondary did not do them any favors with oh, yeah. trying to hold, yeah. hold that, corners and stuff I mean, up. We on our fifth, sixth corner, though. You know what I'm saying? We know what that was going to be, though, right? I right. think I think Lou did a bad job of when he's throwing on the blitz, he didn't put him in a soft coverage because he's scared to get him beat. You got to press up yeah. on him. If you're oh, going to be blitzing like that, then you got to press up. You can't be step, You can't be playing those soft coverage if you're going to be rolling out blitzes or faking blitzes. And Ben is eating that up. He's a vet. Yeah, they, that's- they made it so easy for Ben, Baker, and Phillip Rivers. Them three right there, they made it look so much better than what they are. And the reason I know that they aren't what I think they are, whatever, just go watch Ben against the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Like, they made it very uncomfortable for him in a pass rush situation. The Castro is not what he used to be. Uh, some of these guys like Pouncey are not what they used to be. And mm-hmm. Lawson was eaten, but he's only one guy. You need three good pass rushers in the NFL to, to make quarterbacks uncomfortable. We've seen that all day yesterday. I know y'all saw mm-hmm. some of the 1 o'clock games or whatever. And, 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 that, and that coincided with, you know, the offense not playing good because – but I warned I warned people like I know that we all want Ben to have those games where he has turnovers, but I tried to warn people this year he's not been on that. Like he's not really turning the ball over. And he's honestly, I feel like he's playing well because he has a $40 million option next next season. So with him having the injury and everything, I think he's just trying to secure that. But that was that was one thing that worried me coming into this to this game was that. But like you said, the Bengals definitely pass rush was definitely an issue. Um, the offense just doing anything really was an issue as well. 
Um, and like I said, I, I think I kind of worded that wrong. I'm not going to say that they didn't show effort, but they were not ready. They were totally unprepared. Like the way that they came out and played was just completely inspiring at all. And it was just like, you wouldn't have thought that we had two weeks to prepare for this game. You would have thought that they prepared for it the day before or something like that. And it's just a shame how that played out. And I ultimately feel like it wasn't just on coaching. Obviously, coaching played a part with Lou Anarumu's scheme right. at certain points in that game uh, with the offense not getting it going. But it also was the players, right? You didn't have that third edge rusher that you need, which you kind of traded in Carlos Dunlap. Um, so hopefully now that we have Tack, he'll be in there. Well, he's been doing well. He's been doing well. Um, <laughs> well. You know who else has been doing well? Who else has been doing well? Drake Kirkpatrick. Drake Kirkpatrick. So um, from that he had, standpoint, he had a big interception yesterday. From that standpoint, to me, what I really just walked away with is we're not close. Like to me, I wanted this to be a benchmark to be like, all right, the Steelers are the number one team in the division. When you set the bar for this division, unfortunately, it starts with the Ravens. It starts with the Steelers and Ravens. However, which way you want to put that, it starts with those two, right? And in two games against those guys, we have literally been blown out. So I was just looking like, even if we didn't, if we would have put up 20 points, I would have right. been good with that. Like 20 to 36, I'm cool with. 36 to 10 was just, I don't know. It just and maybe it was just the weather. We'll have to see. But one thing that I want to ask you, Zim, and I know we're at the 35 minute mark, so we can get ready to wrap it up here. But if the Bengals get swept by the entire division, would you keep Zach Taylor and his coaching staff? No, I, I wouldn't keep him on the strength of what I talked about earlier in this in this episode. Is that don't Andy Dalton in this situation, people like. If you win a game, right, against the Titans or whatever, like, go back on all of my podcasts and stuff like that. Like, me winning or losing to the Pittsburgh Steelers doesn't change what I'm, I'm, I'm saying every week. It doesn't matter if Zach Taylor went on a hot streak for the rest of this year and then he, and then he lost all the games in the division, like you said. I know, I already, I've already seen a big enough sample size to know that he's good enough to possibly win a playoff game, but he'll, in the next – in this four-year window that I need to win in, right. Joe Burrow, he's not going to. He's not smart enough. He's not. He's not that genius-level person or talent or somebody talked about a Kubiak or somebody that has like a big-time run scheme that's just going to be undeniably killing the game. Like he doesn't offer any of that right now. He might find ways to win, but he doesn't offer any of those different things at this point of his career. I think he might later on in life be a better head coach. I think right now he's probably a good coordinator, but to go where I want to go or where you all want to go, you got to get the right guy in here right now. And I'm not saying that he can't win a playoff game and I don't, I'm not saying that he won't have success, but I just know like I said, I just think as a futurist already, he's not going to – if he's unable to make the adjustments right now in these two first two years already, then it lets me know he's never going to be able to be able to – you know, that game shouldn't have been like that. The Ravens game shouldn't have been mm -hmm. like that if he was talented, like at the level that we need him to be to win a Super Bowl. If y'all have aspirations of just winning your first playoff game, okay, yeah, keep Zach Taylor. You could probably get it next year or the year after. Man, I said next year, maybe the year after. I don't know, you you know. But he's not the he's not a Super Bowl winning coach in the four year window of Burrow. 
I yeah, already I think know that. Everybody knows I, that. I think we wanted Cliff Kingsbury, right? I think what we're seeing right now happen in Arizona, a lot of people forget. A lot of people didn't expect Cliff Kingsbury to do well. And I think that's what we wanted, right? Like in an ideal situation, the Bengals wanted their Cliff Kingsbury. They wanted a young guy, offensive minded, that was just going to fix this offense. Cliff Kingsbury isn't a guru. He isn't a Belichick or anything like that. But his offense is just so good with the Cardinals having the number one offense in the NFL that they can just try to outscore people and just pretty much overcome their shortcomings of him as a young head coach with we're just going to put 30 on your head with Kyler Murray every game and you're just going to have to stop us. Like, that's what the Bengals wanted. But, but, but we're not getting like, it. Don't you feel like Cliff, though, came in with his signature style already? It's almost like Zach came in with a style. He tried to come in with uh, McVay, right? right? But then what does Joe Burrow do? Somebody that's smarter comes into the room and says, nah, coach, we're going to spread him out. I feel like Cliff was trying to run that last year. He had a gang of injuries. Somebody made that comment to me earlier today and said, hey, this team reminds me of the Cardinals last year. I don't think so, but I feel like Cliff Kingsborough already came in knowing he needed a he needed he couldn't do Rosen. He needed a Kyler. He wanted to spread him out, and he already knew what this is what we're going to do, and right. I'm gonna do it no matter what. I don't feel like Zach has any type of style. You talked about right. the run game or anything like that. Like he's yet like we don't have time to learn on the fly, Zach. You know, you know what I'm saying. Right. Like, I think the, the difference between them, I'm looking at Kingsbury's resume. He was a head coach in college for five years. So and then before that, he was an offensive coordinator. So even though he was in college, he still was a coach for five years, a head coach. So he probably had more experience in that department. But I think, like like I said, if he loses and gets swept by the entire division, I think that the writing is just on the wall. So um, let's go ahead and get up out of here. Zim, was there anything that you wanted to say before we get out? No, um, I, yeah, I think we said a lot. You know, I think people want to dive in probably into the game some more. I encourage you guys to watch Ace's uh, uh, recap videos. I, I haven't had a chance to check out some of them, but I'm pretty sure you probably go into more details of plays that people want to probably go into. I think we're now starting to cross this line where we're starting to look at getting close to looking at the draft. Getting close yeah. to start we're number at, seven right now, and if we get, we, get close. we can potentially move to number three, depending on how things turn out next week. So I yeah. tell you, I tell you what, they do something like if they want to win over a lot of people like myself and sell me on Zach Taylor or something like that, they go get they they went and did what they had to do with Zach. I don't care, like I said, the last pod or the round table. I don't care if it works. It's right. the thought is you talk about effort. I'm looking for the effort in the front office. DeAndre Baker, if they're one of the four teams vying for his help, DeAndre Baker, if, if I'm on the phone with him right now, and uh people that played with him, like Lou Anarumu, and uh uh and, and uh I put the word out to uh to Bob Hart and I told him I said, Hey, go talk to him. But if if I'm them, I'm telling them, Hey, bro, come with us. You're gonna have oh, you, you could play, you could play right now. Jamar you know Chase is the new Chase Young for me, but we'll talk about that on on another show. We'll but DeAndre, another DeAndre show. Baker, to <laughs> me, I talk about stacking talent that Mike Daniels said this last week. He was so excited. He said, man, I love it here because he knows what I know. If you could stack up talent like that, I really I, – I wouldn't be hard. I, I'm, a, I'm We're going to be looking at who's the next coach or if Zach stays or whatever, or maybe they get a new coordinator, sure. But if you give me a talent room that's got Trey Wayne's in the room, Darius Phillips is a third or fourth option, 
I already said Trey Wayne's right, and and then and then I got DeAndre Baker like fighting Trey Wayne's for a starting. Like that's how you make a playoff run. Like a talented room like that, not to suck the Steelers off, but they got five, six legit cornerbacks that could start for a lot of teams right now. And a lot of people don't like. I think coming into the game, uh, people were saying the secondary wasn't that great. Go look at them dudes. They like they grade very well. Everybody that's there, like Hilton's of the world, is a really good slot. Like they got talent there, and and it's undeniable talent all across the room in a defensive side of the ball and on the offensive side of the ball. So I do want to leave. I want. I do want to exit by tipping my hat to the better team, the better roster. Absolutely won the game. I could point out calls, but it wouldn't have made a difference yesterday. They, they, they had the better coach who is one of the greatest coaches in NFL history. Like, I will go on record of saying that. Mike Tomlin is one of the greatest motivators. I've said that a million times because he makes average players play a lot better. If you can go get a, a, a coach that can make average players play like the Steelers do, have a fun locker room, dancing and all that crazy stuff and doing whatever the hell they want, then hell, sign me up for it. But before we get there, give me DeAndre Baker, give me guys like that, and I promise you the talent will show out and it will win and it will do it. But you just didn't have anybody. Like, who is Jalen Davis? Like, I can't be mad at Tony Brown. Like, that if that's my sixth option in the corner, cool. He was in the spot where he was supposed to be. That's our sixth corner. That's that's fine with me. Let, let's roll. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So we will be back uh, to preview the next game. I believe that's Wednesday night. Maybe it's probably going to get pushed back since we had this delay for, for tonight. Um, but appreciate you guys for rocking with us. Please be sure to follow Zim on Instagram at Zim underscore Hooday. Please be sure to get you a Burrow Babies hoodie. Um, it's at ZimHooday.com, so please be sure to check that out. You can find me at New Stripe City on YouTube. I also have the New Stripe City mugs. Um, so I should have some links in the description. Make sure you check those out. I need one. But, yeah, I, I got you. Um, but we're going to go ahead and get up out of here. Thank you for listening to the Orange is New Black podcast. Who day? Who day? Appreciate you, Suel. Hello, world. What separated your deep ball from everybody else? My deep ball, it has a little secret sauce to it, man. <laughs> I never get too high, never get too low, but just keep moving. The, the whole story is Carlos never beat me in any kind of sports in, in, in high school.